Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of plants for flower power and forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. Very shortly, I'll be joined in the studio by a very special guest. He's been a Blue Peter gardener, a head gardener at Westminster Abbey, and now he's the head of horticulture at Garden Organic. It's the one and only Chris Collins. My thanks to Thompson & Morgan, sponsors of this podcast, and to my producer, Charlie Jones. Well, that was some Easter weekend, wasn't it? You know, the old saying was February Phil Dyke. Well, in March, my back lawn was underwater. But it had one good thing. You know, if we have uh, leather jackets, one of the ways of controlling is to flood the lawn and then put some uh, old carpet or something over and it brings them to the surface. Well, from the way the starlings were working on my flooded back lawn, it looks as if uh, the leather jacket should have been pretty well clear and uh, there shouldn't be too many daddy long legs knocking about next autumn. If I could just remind you too at the top of uh, this program, don't forget if you're anywhere near that it's the Ascot Spring Flower Show on 13th of April. I'm really looking forward to that. You know, it's an early show, it's got six show gardens, uh, and I'm rather hopeful that we're going to have the designers use spring flowers and get something that really looks... British and British gardening. Quite easy to get to. You know, you can uh, drive around the M25 and uh, on the M4 or the M3 and and there's good car parking or you can go by train, you know, the station at Ascot. Should be a very good uh, show. Oh, and the other thing to remember is that uh, there is the Daffodil Show at Whistley on the 10th and 11th. I love to see that. All these unusual coloured daffs, particularly the red trumpets and the pink trumpets and the split trumpets. So uh, that could be a nice place to go on the 10th and 11th. I was interested to read this week that uh, they're going to try moss walls in London to absorb CO2 and uh, particulates. You know, those rather nasty bits of exhaust that are flying about. I think they'll need to be on east or north or west facing walls because from what I know about moss, it uh, dries out pretty quick. Actually, I was driving uh, from Reading up through to Dorchester-on-Thames on Sunday and going through that woodland area, I couldn't help but admire the moss on uh, tree stumps and old logs. You know, I love to see that rich green moss at this time of the year. And if we can have some walls in London that are clad like that... that'll be quite nice I think and really when it comes to gardening advice there's quite a lot going on I spent several hours uh, last Sunday on an allotment up at Dorchester on Thames and and as I was working away little things kept sort of uh, occurring to me the allotment here had some indoor raised lettuce 
and kale plants, really nice little kale seedlings they were. And of course, when you're planting out lettuce, you don't plant them deep. They want to be just at the level of the compost. And if they flop over when you plant them, that's fine. That's just how they want to be. And they'll stiffen up and grow quick enough. And of course, with the kale and all brassicas, they need to be planted quite deep because then you've got some soil around the stem to give them support. I mean, kale planted this early, they're going to make pretty big plants. They'll be two, two and a half feet high, I suppose, by the end of their cropping season. And that uh, site was pretty exposed to the southwest wind. And so getting those uh, brassica plants deep in was uh, a really sensible thing to do. Boy, I love that soil. It's in the... uh, sort of valley of the Thames and it was like potting compost boy my spade jumped out the boot it was so pleased to work there Uh, quite different to my heavy Essex clay soil that's a real back breaker Uh, and uh, lots of things were going in you know there were parsnips sown on some allotments and the carrots were going in onion sets shallots April (laughs) once the top starts to dry we need to get cracking And one person who does a lot of cracking is our guest today, Chris Collins. Uh, He was the uh, BBC Blue Peter Gardener, and now I see him as the Pied Piper of Gardening for Children, (laughs) Mr Chris Collins. Chris, how are you today? I'm very well, Peter. Nice to see you. Yeah. Now, I mean, you have a great gardening uh, experience and history, don't you? I mean... I seem to remember meeting you once in the gardens at Westminster Abbey. That's right, yeah. I used to be the head gardener there. Um, it was That was an incredible place to work, actually. All that steeped in that history. One of the oldest gardens in the country on record, over 900 years old. It used to be uh, gardened by the monks originally. So, yeah, it was quite interesting walking in the footsteps of history, really, then that job. And you had a greenhouse there. The greenhouse was great. Well, that, funny, you know, when I went there, the greenhouse was... Um, was neglected, so it was like in the corner below Victoria Tower, and uh, it, there was nothing growing in it. And uh, you know, as well as me, there's nothing better than a greenhouse for a garden. And they are the, my first to my wish list. So we got that up and running, and we and we grew and we grew and we grew, and that was one of the most interesting parts of the job in many ways. You get out of the wind, in here, don't you? On cold That's days, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> you do. I always remember we had a, we obviously know the plant we always call mind your own business that grows under the benches, and the cannon would come into the uh, into the greenhouse, and all his regalia, his all his robes, and say, "Oh, what's that, Christopher?" And I say, "Mind your own business." It was a joke we never. <laughs> We never, we never got tired of. <laughs> well, well, how about Helzini? I mean, that, that's his proper name. So. Exactly. I, know, I, was, I, was, I don't think he would have got that, though, the Latin. It would just gone over his head. I had, to, uh, I had to go with a common name then, yeah. yeah. And then if we take you a bit more recently, uh, you, you're quite um, a character as far as the Garden Organic organisation is concerned. Yes, well, I, I work with them. I work with them quite a lot through the, each month. And um, I'll, I'll go back a long way with Garden Organic. I've been a patron for a long time. Um I'm very kind of, it's a very personal thing to me, organic gardening. Obviously, I've been in the trade 35 years. I've not always gardened organically. Um, I like the, 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 the concept of it because I like the fact that it's very hands-on. You can't neglect an organic garden, so I like to get my hands in the soil and it kind of very much warrants that. But they do a lot of great stuff out and about in the country as well. Master composters projects, master gardeners projects. We're very active out on the ground, a lot of stuff in schools. It's kind of, you know me, Peter, I really like them. I like taking the message to the people who are, who are not fully gardeners yet but thinking about it. Well, and, tell me a bit about 
master composters. Well, they are. Well, they at the moment obviously there's a big um, angle on recycling, and what what we what Garden Organic have done is they've gone out and tended for contracts with local authorities, um, and uh, and basically to get people composting and recycling their garden waste and making compost. And as a result, you kind of you've got a group of people. I know they're just setting up a new project in Norfolk. A group of people who are just crazy about composting, and uh, there is something quite addictive about composting. I must admit, and I just think that people forget how out in the ether, out in the country, how people are really keen to to do this kind of thing to partake in this kind of thing it's it's action you know composting and actions is a great thing well i don't know how you can garden on a, on a you know reasonable size garden without a compost well, I think bin. If you, well, you're not you're not going to succeed surely if you don't. I mean, I when I got my allotment last year, the first thing I built was the compost bins. You yeah. you, you know you need to be doing that. Um, it's all garden organic uh, organic gardening is about soil. It's all about that. It's all about keeping soil that soil healthy. Yeah, if you get that soil nice and healthy, as you know, that's your platform. There's your success. So I, I think um, the garden, working for Garden Organic has been very uplifting for me to see all this out in the ether, working with volunteers, people who care about the environment, care about gardening, care about soils. Yeah. And now uh, we're going to come together a bit later uh, this year at the Chelsea Flash. Yes. Yeah, I'm very excited about this. Uh, and you're working in this context with the Horticultural Trades Association. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's the plan and what are you doing and how are you yeah, going to cope? Gonna, I mean, it's a killer that show. Yeah, I know. Well, all all the shows are they're, they're strange things because you kind of do them and you think I'm never doing this again, and at the end you go, oh, I want to do it again. <laughs> they have that kind of addictiveness. But this is I really like because this is about the industry, and you know we we are big supporters of our industry. It's given me a great career, so I'm for me to put something back is quite important. But it's also about again coming to those group of people that who go into garden centres. I see them all the time who who want to garden but are looking for ideas. They haven't got lots of time every week they just want something you know in the garden that looks going to look nice so the garden is kind of called the great escape and it's made up of lots of different elements in a little way when i started doing the design it was a bit like the curiosity shop if you like when you go into somewhere and you think oh that's quite interesting that's quite interesting so i kind of based it on that so it's about working with the industry getting the industry to um they're going to obviously contribute everything towards it giving people ideas for garden centers and getting people to go out and, and get an interest in gardening and so tell us then I mean, the garden's going to be in three sections. Four sections, it is. Oh, yeah, I'm taking a bit on here. Yeah. So I thought, how do you get all these ideas into one garden? So I would say it's quite. It's a busy garden, definitely. Um, but we've kind of got a few elements in it. Like I obviously want a big part of my life has been gardening with children. So I've got one section where we'll have an orb which is like a shell, a round sphere with shelving on it, which we're going to grow microgreens in, which Garden Organic will be giving us a hand with, and herbs. And in schools, they're, they're, these are proving quite popular because they're quick, rapid growing, and kids get to see them change. So that'll be, hopefully we'll have a little kitchen in there, we'll have a little solar panel on the top of it, so we'll look a little bit of self-sufficiency. We'll also have got a great competition going on to build a Dalek compost bin. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No exterminating will be done in the, in the harming of this. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that, so I was... Well, on, no, just how do you get involved in that then? Well, there's, we've got a website up, uh, www.hca.org.uk forward slash Chelsea Compost Robot, we're calling it. And that's basically, we'd like the retailers, garden centres to join up with a local school and build us a, a Dalek composter and then the winner will be chosen. Me and I think Matthew Appleby are going to choose the winners and then it will, the actual winning now Dalek... you need to be careful with that young Matt, <laughs> yeah, know, Matt Appleby. Yeah, no. I mean, he's a great... Uh, horticultural journalist now for yeah. the trade yes but, yeah. but he was a, a junior school teacher wasn't yes, he yes he was yeah and obviously he's written a children's gardening book as well which is kind of why we teamed up and, and the, um so i'm quite happy to be working with him on that and then the winner will go to chelsea and, and the robot the, the dalek will be displayed the robot compass will be displayed and so the school if it wants to enter yeah first of all needs to lay hands on a compost bin it does so one I'm of those sort of greeny jobs with a lid yeah and, you know we call them daleks anyway i think it'd be a good idea what well, i think it's mainly apt and going to be aimed at garden centers so we want 
want the retailers to really to drive it. So if they advertise to local schools, then obviously they can provide the composter and then people, the schools can come in and participate. That's how, how we're doing it. Because we've got the links to the HTA there. Yeah, so somebody like Cooling's Garden Centre yeah, at Knockholt, yeah. yeah. who have a lady... Who, who deal with sc- local schools, with schools, that would be perfect, yeah, yeah. yeah. And obviously the idea came from... I had a, a one of these green comp- uh, plastic composters in the Blue Peter Garden, sitting in the corner for ages, and we that that was the idea we came up with. Christopher Eccleston, the real Doctor Who, I believe, has regenerated a few times since then. <laughs> as uh, as uh, came in and we built this this ro- this Dalek composter, robot composter. So we're uh, that's where the idea came from. It's, it's, I think it's a great little idea, participation. Yeah, I, I think it's yeah mm. really great. Yeah. And, and and on your micro greens, currently I've got a whole class, thirty children, yeah. using a spread container yeah actually it's a butter lurpak one yeah, that we're yeah, using yeah. and every child is going to sow peas in a, an inch or so of compost and, and then once those are up in four or six weeks time they'll cut them to eat green shoots yeah do you think you might have a little space somewhere well, i don't see why not that's exactly what we're driving at. obviously with chelsea you'd have the jeopardy of making sure things don't go over so we're going for a lot of maize plants actually because they've got that longevity but i don't see any reason why there shouldn't be other varieties yeah. in there yeah, yeah well um i mean there's a sweet corn yep uh, um is it Bountiful? I haven't got the name quite right. Mm. Which they're recommending as a, a green Bountiful. shoot. Yeah, it's very sweet. So yeah. Sutton seeds. Well, I think uh, that, that, that's the thing. I I actually do pea shoots in my own house because you can pick up a box of them for eighty p from the supermarket, and obviously that you get one shoot, but you can get four crops off them because yeah. you'll cut them down and they'll recrop. But the, the great thing about them is that they they capture a child's imagination very quickly. And, that, and we're a big part of this. What we do is we want to try and teach seed to plate where your food comes from, you know. And uh, so it's, you have to come up with quite quick ideas like Dalek composters. They can relate to that. Quick growing pea shoots, they can relate to that. So you've got to kind of approach them on their own territory to get that bug in there. And you know, once you've got the gardening bug, you're not coming out the other side of it again. Exactly. Yeah. And at that age, you know, what I call five to yeah. ten year olds. That primary school They'll age. never forget, no, will they? they won't. And we need those gardeners for the future. We need those gardeners for the future. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So you've got one section of four, which is um, the globe and the Dalek, and then what's in the other three sections? Well, then I've got the second one I wanted to play homage to, the fact I'm an urban gardener and I, I have an allotment, which is my outdoor gardening, but I do all my other gardening on a balcony, on a terrace. So I do everything in containers. I also, you all know, I worked in Japan for, for quite a few years. I never grew a garden in the ground. It was all done in containers. And in London now and many big cities, 50% of the population don't have a garden. 
but they will have a balcony and they will have a terrace. Fifty percent. Fifty percent in London, they think now is is people are not are not actually going out into a, an open space in the back garden. Goodness. So because because obviously big terrace houses have sort of now become flats. You see, then they they divided up population pressure. So this is about. Containers. I want it to be all hot colours. I want it to be. I want it to celebrate bedding a little bit and quick. Yeah, you'll have to be careful. You know, some of those RHS blue stockings <laughs> yeah. are not very keen on well, a, a colourful bedding. I know, but it's, I can't. I'm a parks man originally, so I have to have a bit of bedding in there somewhere. <laughs> so I may be doing it for selfish reasons. But also, I think that you can just get a small space and make it look really wonderful with quick-growing crops like lettuces, maybe. You can do trailing tomatoes. So you can have some food in there. You add the bed in for the colour, have a few herbs. But in a, you know, a square metre, you can get quite a good little garden on the go. And that's all about also you bond with that and you, you again get the bugs. So that kind of area, that second area, is very much about an urban sort of uh, non, non-soil non gardening almost because you're doing it in containers. Yeah. And, and and then the third section, if my grapevine is correct, <laughs> is the gym. Now, I'm it's not in favour of gyms. <laughs> oh, I'd much rather dig for two hours yeah, well, and see where yeah, I've been. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, you can. My, 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 I've got so much horsetail on my allotment that I'm going to be busy digging for a while. Yeah, but you know where the idea came from, Peter? Is if you look at our parks departments now on our, our local parks, they all have these outdoor gyms in them. Really? Oh, they're, 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 they're my local one. As I'm noticing them all over the place, and um, and I think that um, there's two things going on here. One is uh, that I want to. That's good. That. Our parks are being used. You know how underfunded they've been the last yeah. 30 years. So we need to get people into parks. That's one thing. And I think also a good fam- family activity for your garden at home. We do have issues with childhood obesity, this kind of thing. So that's where the gym, the exercise angle comes from. So it really was mainly about bringing a family together in the garden space, having a reason for them to all be together in that garden. And then obviously you put a few pots in, some climbs, a bit of soft fruit, and you're into the garden element as well. And so the fourth section. I the hope f- I sit down and, and take <laughs> breath somewhere. <laughs> oh, yes, there's a lot going on. <laughs> it's a bit of a reflection, isn't it, of uh, my busy personality maybe. I, I've got a summer house. The last bit is a lot easier, yeah. The last bit's a nice summer house, and I just want soft colours in this bit, blues and whites and silvers, and this is for the grown-ups where they can go and get 10 minutes' peace to themselves. Lovely. Well, I can't wait to see that, but but you've got... Uh a garden to do at Malvern before I have yeah not not quite as stressful as this one but it, the Malvern one is quite interesting because uh, every year I do I am uh, the mentor for the school gardens there and I, I'm sure you're aware of how they've been this has been a very successful project so we do workshops with them in the autumn down in Malvern and three counties and then they go away and they design this garden they build it and it's all an in school curriculum activity whole school gets involved I'm very proud of this work um, three counties and the, uh, I've done and the RH has done a marvellous job of this on this project but I, I then um, a been involved they, they wrote me into it this year so I'm going to do a little Blue Peter garden because apparently Valerie Singleton is going to come and visit so there'll be a little Blue Peter garden there I can't do an exact ship so it's a little bit abstract but um, and also it'll be very again heavy on the bedding I'm afraid to say it'll be very interesting to yeah. see that yeah yeah I'm uh, uh, did you work with, with Valerie I mean, no she... she was way before my time no, I was a Connie Huck man I was <laughs> yeah, and, oh, right. yeah, and, and um, Matt Baker man no she was way before my time so I've never met her so I'm quite interested to meet her yeah, yeah. it'll be very yeah, interesting very, very famous this lady, isn't she? So, she yeah. is indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, if people need to hear more of you, then you're actually on air. I understand. Yes, yeah, so I'm a little. I'm tucked BBC away. BBC Radio <laughs> Five. I'm tucked away in a little corner, probably because I speak so quickly. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, I'm tucked away in a little corner. Well, no, it's really enjoyable. 
it's uh, Radio 5 with Phil Williams. He does the late night show on Radio 5 Live. And um, I go in once a month and just do a, a gardener's, a, an expert spot, basically. Um, you'd think that no one would be listening that time of night, but I get inundated. I do have a bit of a joke with them. Someone will ring in and say, uh, I've got a bit of a problem with slugs. And I'll say, well, you know, it's half 12 at night. I'd go to bed and worry about it in the morning if I was. So. <laughs> well, except with slugs, you can go, you out, go out the game, go out with a torch in the dark. Or, or get out there now. Yeah. Yeah. But it's built up quite a. Um, uh, a following, and, and I have a good conversation with him, and it's and it's kind of you know a different kind of uh, um, listener to I normally deal with, but also because it's podcast as we are in now, uh, people listen to it all over the world. So I might uh, actually a bit embarrassingly, I might get an email saying, "Didn't I? I used to have your drink with you in Tokyo one time?" Or so yeah, so oh, yeah, really? yeah, yeah. So you so you get it goes out. This the reach of it's quite far. So the, you know nowadays we we can watch and listen to what we want at any time we want. We're very lucky. Mm. Well, except uh, our world is now very small. Yes. When you right. when you think that you, a gardener here in the UK, have listeners uh, in Japan. Yeah. I, I mean, on this podcast, with a bit of luck, I think uh, we'll be reaching into Australia and Japan too, and yeah, the North world America. is shrinking, isn't it? It yeah. really is. I mean, in a way, that's a good thing in terms of you know, if we're getting our message out, we, we, you know, we both believe the the importance of horticulture and gardening. Uh, both physically, spiritually, for our communities. So it's a way we've got this great method to be able to get out there. We're no longer restricted by three channels or three commissioners, or we can go out and sort of spread our message off our own steam a little bit more. And I think that's going to be a beneficial thing in the end. I really do. Well, I think the greatest thing for me is doing these workshops in schools. Yeah. You know, when you see six, seven and eight-year-olds and their eyes light up when you pull the bin off rhubarb and you've got these bright pink stems or if they sow seeds on a Thursday or a Friday and then they go in on Monday and they're actually popping through. I mean... uh, I don't think there's anything... I mean, I've been... I really do... Of all the things I've done, the luckiest thing I've done, the luckiest thing I've been involved with is to work in primary because you get so much back from that. You really do. And in actually 12 years, I've been into, into schools now and I must have probably been, you know, tens of thousands of kids, really. I've been yeah. all over the country. I think I've never had one child turn around to me and said, oh, I'm not doing this, this is rubbish. They all garden to a pupil and I think that speaks volumes about our subject matter and it's inbuilt in us we're all gardeners at heart and I think you see it in in primary yeah. school kids and just the fact also it, you know the a lot of kids, if I'd work in Southwark, I'm in Southwark a lot with the Master Gardener projects and stuff. These kids wouldn't be outside otherwise. They're in, you know, they live in high rises. They're not going to get out and touch. And if you deprive a kid of touching nature, then that's you know, it's yeah. that's child cruelty in my eyes. I you mean, I, I spoke to a, um, a head teacher in Hornchurch and, and said, you know, I didn't understand why so many young. Uh, scholars wanted to come out and join the gardening club at lunchtime and after school and she said they spend so much time looking at screen yeah. and doing things at desks that when they go outside it's like taking the cork out of yeah. a champagne bottle you know they just explode with enthusiasm and they do what children want to do they want to run around burn off energy and I, I think one of the reasons I get on with them is they just get to do stuff I don't mind them you know throwing a bit of soil about I don't mind them getting their hands on that's the whole idea of it so I have kind of very almost a very friendship type relationship with them when I garden with them and I think that you know, they get to do stuff they really do they're yeah. not they're not pulled up and told to stop this and stop that no. we garden we get out we garden we dig we sow yeah and I think they really respond to that but you need to be well re- 
very well repaired on the yeah. way in, don't you? If you've got, <laughs> if you've got 12 or 14 yeah, children, yeah, they all want their pot yeah. and their compost yeah. all ready before you, and you go. you get an eye for certain things. I had, uh, I was up in, um, I'm working, where, um, doing some woodland planting with a, a company called Octopus Energy at the moment, sustainability, and we do little woodland plants. We're up in Bolton. And you get to you get to spot children. There was one lad, and I could see he was quite calm and serene. So I gave him the, spool, the spade and the fork, and he held it kind of, you know, nice and, and took his job really seriously. And then one of the other people I was with decided that he'd had it. He'd held them enough and gave the spade and fork to someone else, who then proceeded to run around the playground. Oh, yeah. So you've got to be—you you, learn—you learn to look at things and, and and suss out the personalities and what who can do what. And, and that allocation of responsibility is quite good as well. It's quite nice to be able to do that with kids. Yeah, yeah. Chris, fantastic to uh, have you with us today. Please keep that enthusiasm going. I'm looking forward to seeing you at Chelsea as well, yeah. Yeah, well, there's a few sleepless nights for me, (laughs) I think, between now and the third week in May, but I very much look forward to working with you uh, in the marquee, if not before. Thanks, Peter. Thanks a million. What's on this week? Well, on the 6th and 7th, in the RHS halls at Vincent Square, it's the London Orchid Show and Plant Fair. Oh, and also, same weekend, it's open days at Jekka's Herb Farm at Alverston in Somerset. Uh, if you remember, Jekka was on uh, one of our earlier podcasts, so if you're going to make a visit there, you might like to listen to what she had to say before you go. My tailpiece this week, I'm going to nick a poem, actually, from uh, Cactus World. That's the quarterly bulletin by the uh, Cactus and Succulent Society. Really, you know, succulents are getting very popular, so uh, some of you might like to think about joining. Very good uh, society, about 3,000 members, and lots of local clubs up and down the country. And in the uh, journal for December, there's this poem from Graham Gunby of Bude. It's called, It's Never Too Late. I wanted to find a new hobby, but not of the physical kind. For all 80, the rigours of soccer and cricket... I'd long left behind. Then somebody gave me a cactus for my birthday, an odd choice to bring. So I bought me a book on the subject to learn how to nurture the thing. I soon added to my collection and then joined the BCSS, whose quarterly journal was all that it took to convince me to learn, not to guess. But though I'm still a beginner and I've tried to do things by the book, What puzzles me more as time passes by surely can't be put down to bad luck. Most photos of cactus I've looked at show a beautiful, colourful scene, whereas all to be shown for my efforts is a beautiful, colourful green. I feed them, I weed them, I wean them, I talk to them hour after hour, but please, can somebody tell me why won't the little sods flower? Thanks again to our sponsor, Thompson & Morgan. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.